0: Do you have a partner? Do you think that you are equal parents?
1: What it means to be an equal parent is that not only are you as much as possible sharing the parental load in terms of the activities that come with being a parent, but that you're also equally emotionally and mentally invested in the parenting journey.
0: Today on Feed Play Love, a step-by-step guide on how to be an equal parent. Feed, play, love with Siobhan Hunt. If you have a child with someone else, how do you share the parenting responsibilities? Unfortunately, even now in 2022, the majority of child caring still lands with women in heterosexual partnerships – Perhaps you're in a same-sex relationship, but still, one person is carrying most of the parenting load. But there is a way to have a more equitable parenting experience. Rob Stark is a dad of two and author of Man Raises Boy, and he's worked hard to be an equal parent with his wife. Hi, Rob, how are you?
1: G'day, Siobhan. How are you going?
0: Good, thank you. Now, I should preface this chat by saying life is fluid it's impossible <laughs> to be a hundred percent equal on all things but yeah. but we can aim for a better balance can't we
1: yeah absolutely um and i think the last couple of years has really shown us more than more than ever how important it is to to find some equality or equilibrium between two parents raising children
0: would you say it's about mindset. So how you actually view your own role as a parent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and thinking of this interview today, that was the word that kept popping up in my mind as I was thinking about what we'd be talking about. And I think it is mindset. I think it's a it's a consciousness or a deliberateness to how you approach parenting. And obviously you can't do this, you know, 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week. But I think it's about how you uh, in your own mind, and when you're communicating with your partner, how you decide to approach parenting. And look, as I've said to you, and you know, in the book, I i by no means consider myself an expert <laughs> parent, I'm still absolutely learning as I go. But I do try and refer to myself as a, as an advocate. And I guess from my point of view, when we were having our first child, and I had absolutely zero knowledge, experience, history with with children or babysitting or anything like that, it was it was starting by having a conversation with my wife, my pregnant wife at the time, like, okay, how do we want to approach parenting? All the way from what are we going to do with our careers and work to the the nitty gritty of running a home, you know. And we just tried to be as open and honest with each other as possible about our expectations. We you know what we wanted to get out of the first couple of years of parenting, and and um, and to try and get on the same page and to to go into parenting with an agreement about, you know, how we split the load.
0: Yeah, and I don't think many people actually have such a frank discussion before they have children. I know that my partner and I didn't, my husband and I. Um, And I think when I reflect on mindset, what comes, comes up for me is I think there's this general assumption still that if you're in a heterosexual partnership that the woman will be the nurturer and the carer and the man will be the breadwinner. And in between those very cliched, broad roles, what happens is the woman starts to carry the emotional load as well as the majority of the domestic labor. And we see that time and again in studies. So I'm wondering when you had that conversation with your wife, um, did you have to challenge those kinds of ideas? Like, did, were you actually able to articulate, no, act, you know, I want to be as much a nurturer and carer of these children as you are?
1: Yeah, I th- we did. And we should have continued to, to do that and talk about it. Um, look, we had our own unpacking to do because I think this is one of the, the key points to in this discussion is we all are socially conditioned to various extents to, to have preconceived notions of what our expectations are. You know, you raised the classic ones about mum should be the nurturer and the carer and the emotional counsellor for the family and dad's the breadwinner. Um, And those seep right into our psyches, even if we understand it or not. You know, we when we were setting out as parents, I remember we were discussing about how we wanted to treat our careers equally and that we valued them equally and neither of us would be the, you know, the dominant breadwinner, so to speak. But our first agreement, I remember it so vividly. Our first agreement about how we'd split work after parental leave was that I would work full time, my wife would do three days. And we thought, in our minds, we thought that's pretty equal. And then we stepped back and went, Hang on, why why would you work less than me? You know, we work Mm. similar in similar industries, similar jobs. Why have we defaulted to you working less? And we had to pull ourselves up and say, Actually, no, there's, there's no need for you to work less. In fact, why don't I work a bit less? So, you know, it, it is so. It's, a lot of it is just ingrained in our in our understandings of ourselves and what our roles are. But you know, I, I have tried very consciously, I guess, to not only um, step away from the breadwinner sort of expectations, but to really try and take on the emotional responsibilities of, of parenting and the and to be there as much um, to be the emotional counselor for the kids as much as my wife. And you know. As kids are, sometimes they'll have their favourites and they'll want to go to one parent over the other with whatever the issue is. But, you know, it's about, as you were saying, mindset and approach and being there and knowing and having your kids know that you're there for them and, like, I can go to dad or I can go to mum with this problem um, and I know I'm going to get a really intimate, nurturing treatment from them.
0: And part of the emotional load is not just uh, being there and present for your children. It's also the birthday parties, the, I guess the practical part of caring for your children's emotions and happiness is making sure you don't drop the balls, you know, that you do have the present ready for the party. Um, and also outside of your own children, you know, that you have checked in with your parents that everything's going okay. And there's that side of the emotional load.
1: Yeah.
0: How, how, do you have any advice on how, Men can step into carrying part of that weight because it is so invisible to so many people. You know, I think even women sometimes don't understand just how much of that stuff they're carrying.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as you know, you know, better than I, and probably a lot of your listeners know better than I, you know, it's that idea of the mental load is also known as the invisible load, right? Because we we don't, or others don't, tend to perceive it so so actively and readily. My advice for men, look, it, it can sound Simplistic, but I think it is a good starting point: is to be proactive, to put your hand up, and to volunteer to take on responsibility with the kids. Now, part of that does involve communicating with your partner, talking with your partner, and trying to work out what are the various things in parenting that we have to take care of. And as you mentioned, you know, it's things like organising the childcare or arranging the school forms, um, staying on top of the you know the birthday parties and the play dates and the social invites, but I encourage men and dads to just say, I'll do that. I'll take that on board. I mean, it might sound too basic, but that, that's sort of what I've been doing for the last, what is it now, five and a half, six years of parenting is when we get to that next milestone, you know, okay, we need to find a daycare because we're going to put, you know, our daughter in care when she's nine, or 10 months. I'm like, okay, I'll go do the tours. when it, Or when it came to, we've got to enroll our, our daughter in kindergarten. It's like, I'll go on the school website and I'll take care of the papers. Mm. And I think you just need to try and, take it on board. And I think that's one of the great benefits of equal parenting is um, you're shouldering the load equally, but you're also both thinking about the steps ahead of you, you, Know what needs to come next. And I think that's a great thing that men can take on in parenting is not waiting to be told to do something or being asked to do something. As great as it is, if you're asked to do something and you do it, you do it really well, that's great. But it's even better... If you're proactively saying, I know we need to do this next thing, I've got it, I'll take care of it, and I'll, you know, I'll keep you in the loop how we go. I think proactively looking and identifying what are the next things you need to do, that's the that's the great benefit of equal parenting because you are then truly lifting the responsibility off one parent's shoulders and, and sharing it equally. And I th- I think that's a really big point. It is really helpful if you're, you know, ticking off your to-do list that you're Given, it's way better to be formulating your own to do list, communicating that to your partner and doing it without, you know, much assistance.
0: And the key thing for me there in what you say, Rob, is that it's taking it all on. It's not saying, okay, I'll drop the kids at karate every week. It's actually being on their emails to know when the tournaments are coming up and when the belts need to be done and, and preparing their uniforms. Like you actually own the whole thing. I, I think there's nothing quite as frustrating, um, handing on a job and then not having anything to do it, do with it. And then someone's asking you the details and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> this is what you've taken on. Um, so that's a really good practical point and yeah, very simple just say, I will look after the childcare and then everything related to childcare you take care of and obviously you still talk about it with your partner. You mentioned there about when another milestone sort of happens and whether it's childcare or starting school and and then stopping and having that discussion then who's going to take responsibility for what. And I, I kind of feel like the juggle with children is as consistent whether you're at home or at work, Um, but particularly when there's two of you, there's always going to be fluctuations in what's happening for your career as well as for the needs of your child. Do you consciously have moments where you stop and say, okay, things are changing again, we need to talk? Because life can get so busy. Like how do you know when to stop and go, hey, things need to change? Um, let's have a chat and work out how we can move forward in an equitable way.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's it's a really important point is to sort of have these ongoing conversations and, and you know, if you are approaching parenting with a, you know, a mindfulness to how hey, you can do it equally, I think it is a bit easier to recognise when those new milestones are coming up. But I guess, it's, you know, the first point I'd say is that what we're discussing today is a quality over the longer term, right, over over the the longer trend, you know, it, my wife and I are certainly not trying to hit a 50 50 quality every single day of the year. It'll just drive us nuts. It's about you know trying to strive towards an equality over time. Now, it's an interesting point because the last probably three months have been an incredibly busy time for my wife with her career. She's had a very demanding period in her regular paid professional role. She sits on a voluntary board. She's been doing an executive course. So it is one of those peak points for her where work is consuming a lot of her time and a lot of her focus. And that's that's how it happens sometimes. So we have had that conversation the last few months saying, you're coming up to a really busy point. I'll be available to do more of the stuff at home because my work is is more manageable at the moment. And we're trying to adjust for that imbalance. But then there will be a period inevitably sometime later where it will swing around the other way. And, you know, my wife will be doing more of the home stuff because my work or other things will, will be a bit more consuming. We are trying to be, you know, proactive and you know, and and see that for one person, if their load, particularly at work, is increasing and making life more intense to try and remove some of that burden. So I've been trying to be Deliberate doesn't always work, you know, it's, you know, it's trial and error, but I've been trying to be quite deliberate at the moment to say to my wife, like, I will handle more of this family stuff. Obviously, I really want your help still, but I'll take a bit more of that off your shoulder so you can focus on work, you know, give you more time to study, work, late, travel, all those things, and I'll manage the home front. And you try and relieve that burden, mm-hmm. I guess, on your partner's shoulders because obviously, I think for both parents, I think this goes for all parents that are working as well. There's always that niggle in the back of your mind about guilt, like oh, you know, I haven't seen the kids as much this this week, or I've been traveling a bit, or I feel a bit awkward, I haven't done as much. You know, trying to remove that as much as possible. Say, don't worry about that; everything's under control. We've got it. Don't feel you don't need to feel about that, that way. You can focus on your immediate tasks. As I said, you know, it, that that in itself is is a juggle, but you know. That is something we've, we have been actively dealing with, and you know, even this week, my wife's down with COVID, you know, round number two, and she's feeling pretty crook and, and horrible. So, um, again, it's one of those ones where I try and say, you just focus on getting better. Please don't work. Please try and try and do your emails. To focus on resting, and I'll handle the children. And I think that is also the benefit for dads if you are really actively involved and you know, and, and equally involved in all aspects of parenting, is that. If your partner does go down for the count with sickness or you know, a big work trip, it's not a new scenario you're confronting when you're, you're handling the kids. That you don't need to be texting and, and asking your partner for all the different things you do because you'll be so intimately involved, you'll know what to do. Uh, I think that's one of those, those great benefits that you know, when you do have to do it on your own for a while, it's not a shock. It's not daunting or overwhelming because you've been doing, doing it equally for
0: you know, a longer period of time. I don't want to get on my feminist soapbox but I will. (laughs) So what would you say to those men who perhaps are happy with the status quo where they are the breadwinner and they're the fun dad on the weekend? I know I'm making a gross generalisation here and most relationships are way more complex than that, but there is that idea that in equal parenting and sharing the load, it, it is basically giving more work, essentially, to the other partner who's not doing so much at the moment or not doing as much with the kids, let's say. What would you say to those people who like what's going on about why they should change and step up or step into being a more equal parent?
1: I think, you know, given the human condition, you've got to start with what's what's in it, for them to change their ways you'd love to think it could start at an altruistic point but probably think about what's in it for them i'd say look ultimately it might look like a a nice convenient arrangement for now but ultimately when your kids are older when you want to have those mature more adult relationships with them it's going to have meant a lot for them with in their relationship and rapport with you if you have been intimately involved when they're younger you know, there's a, mm. there a terrific author who, who kind of inspired me. He wrote in the 90s about uh, Daniel Petrie, I believe was his name, and, and he wrote about you know, fatherhood, and he said, you know, he was a very high-flying corporate executive who did try very actively to be an intimately involved father, but he said he, he knew so many men professionally at home who had this pang of regret about what they missed out on. When they were working, when their kids were younger, and their kids were growing up, and they didn't have the relationship they wanted to have with them, and I think that's part of the point too. Like it might look like a, a fairly good arrangement now, but you know your children will, you know, be recognising and noticing an absence or, or a detachment or, or potential distance. They'll, they will regret, or lament that at one level, and you just don't want that to happen. You know, if you want to have the closest born with your children, it does mean to have been involved on a regular basis, not waiting for them to, to get older. The other thing I would say too is that you'll probably end up in a, a happier a household and a, in a more buoyant, happy relationship if you are taking on some of that responsibility. You know, I think there's lots of research that shows You know The benefit to relationships, it's not just heterosexual relationships, it's all forms of relationships. When partners are sharing the load equally and one partner doesn't feel like they are lumbering with the emotional and the physical and the mental weight of running a home, it it does lead to a happier relationship and probably a deeper connection you have with your partner. So as much as it looks like in the short term, it might be a, a nice way to run the home you'll actually benefit much more over the long term if you're helping your partner if you're taking that mental load off their shoulders and helping run the household you'll be in a happier environment and ultimately when you know when you're at the age where you can actually do things in an adult way with your kids you're going to have this really close deep relationship and i think then at that point in your life you're going to value that a lot
0: and i think you're 100% right, particularly in terms of the happiness of your relationship, because that's a true partnership, isn't it? When you've got each other's back, no matter what, and it's not just one person always supporting the other one. Yeah. That's when you can have a really strong and happy relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Rob, thank you so much for your time today.
1: No, thank you. It's always a great pleasure to, to chat with you.
0: That's Rob Starrick. He is the author of Man Raises Boy, and I will pop links to that book in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at at feedplayloveatlistener.com. Bye for now.